0: Welcome back to Bulls with the Bard. My name is Cakes, I am your host. This week we are talking with Will Shakespleans, described by their sister as an abnormal being and by most of their former English teachers as a pleasure to have in class. Will is a loud and proud queer Jewish theater artist and educator currently based in Boston. They have had a particular obsession with Shakespeare since the seventh grade and has chosen to share such passion on the stage, in the classroom, and occasionally on TikTok. Outside of the professional setting, Will is a Rocky Horror shadow caster, cosplayer, and lover of all things Halloween, Naturally, their favorite Shakespeare play is Macbeth, and as a trans person, they very much relate to Lady M's proclamation of unsex me here. They do, however, hold a strong and undeniable love for Cymbeline, the only play that has managed to somewhat match their chaotic neutral energy. Other media obsessions of Will's include all of Ethan Hawke's terrible adaptations of Shakespeare and reminding people that such adaptations exist anything having to do with vampires, collecting Lego Muppet figurines, and Our Flag Means Death. Will is here today to talk about the women who dress as men in Shakespeare and to open our minds to the many possibilities of casting trans and non-binary people in Shakespeare. I am so excited to share our conversation with you, I had such a blast talking with Will. But first, as always, we got a little high. Are back talking about the plague with Will Shakespeare's of the TikTok. Oh no. Will, <laughs> what Not did like you that, do? <laughs> <laughs> Will, <laughs> what did you do with your quarantine?
1: <laughs> um, what didn't I do with my quarantine? Um, see when the pandemic hit, I was a freshman in theater school, like theater college. So obviously that didn't continue um for the semester so I started I started a princess party company oh. um yeah like one of those where you where you go and like do birthday parties at kids houses yeah it was me like my tattooed ass <laughs> I, I did it and I skip. Well, I didn't scam but I, I made a lot of money doing I it. it
0: I mean I've seen your cosplay your your makeup skills oh, are on point you. but it was it was it was
1: definitely one of those things where it was like I have nothing better to do I'm just gonna start a whole business and I did um, rest in peace. I moved to Boston, um, back, back in school. Uh, I, hi, another highlight of quarantine. I'm the second person in known history to have been naked in the Northeastern University library.
0: Happened Ooh, during the pandemic. That's an excellent fun fact. That's, that's what I did. I did everything. Cool. 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 Wow. You made your own business. That is incredibly impressive. It was, it was definitely, that was, it was
1: an ADHD thing (laughs) that happens when you have nothing better to do and you're an isolated theater kid.
0: So were you doing that, like how they typically do it, where you were like going to people's houses or were you doing it over Zoom? So
1: it started with, um, I was bored and I'm like, what if I buy an Elsa costume off of Amazon while all these kids are just in their houses? And I just, do these i just do quarantine drive-by visits as elsa so it started and i wasn't even accepting money from initially that i was going to take taking donations and then people in my life forced me to accept money because i need to do that and so my my younger sister and i would drive around with our dad's speaker and a microphone singing at houses singing for like little cul-de-sacs of kids and then when i realized it was really cute it was really cute and it was and it was really awesome that like Someone who looks like me was able to do that, and that that was before I was more as masked as I am now. But um, it was it was just it was really awesome, really fulfilling. And then you know once things light, loosened up a little bit, and I realized I was good at it, good as in air quotes. Um, I I added a few more characters, tried to make it a more like I did a few like in person parties, which were really fun but I, I admire all the, all the, all the girlies who can do that. Uh, I, I didn't have the energy to do that, to like take the company across the country when I moved and I didn't care to promote the business. I just wanted to do it. <laughs>
0: That's fair, especially since you were were going back to school. But holy cow, that is so creative and so smart and amazing. What a what a cool way to spend your quarantine.
1: And I got to, I got to fight with a couple dads dressed as Belle who tried to quiz me on Shakespeare, <laughs> not knowing that like I'm me. And underneath this like tattoo sleeve, underneath this like nude flesh sleeve on my bell gown is a portrait of the bard himself. Like, ooh, <laughs> like
0: I am actually Belle. I read. <laughs> You can't one of, my, one of my first really successful TikToks was when like Mr.
1: like Miss uh, Willy Wonka guy was ex- was going on like the Willy Wonka TikTok and a friend of mine actually he was, like the Miss Frizzle of TikTok and I'm like yo why am I not
0: the TikTok bell and dead ass like there you go <laughs> wow that's that's really amazing so now fast forward we are living in a plague still kind You're of still living in a plague yes and oh uh, as we have emerged and started creating theater again and engaging with Shakespeare more often I feel like there's still a little bit of a a plague going on in the Shakespeare industry maybe one of performative activism you know <laughs> true that I mean for 400 years it's been around and it's been done the same way and every single time people try to innovate something it's
1: it's all performative yeah it's it's, it's it really is um yeah. and i as i don't care for much that's being produced with shakespeare right now
0: yeah i don't i don't blame you i'm i'm very much in the same boat
1: we don't yeah. need more post-apocalyptic shakespeare <laughs> don't need it Amen. we don't need it I'm so if you are staging in 2022 a post-apocalyptic minimal set Shakespeare play or anything set in the 1920s do not fucking talk to me get an original
0: <laughs> that's so fair I've seen so much 1920s Shakespeare it's not All even 1940s. funny good lord and I,
1: I would say the 80s but I love the 80s and I will i i every all, all shakespeare can be 80s for all time i don't care
0: but i mean i don't mind that that's like colorful and fun and yeah yeah but
1: but in terms of how shakespeare represents people sorry i'm stoned back on the topic
0: <laughs> you're fine it's the best part of the show <laughs> <laughs>
1: the point <laughs> um representation is it's always been shit and and it's all so stupid and performative and that's coming from me speaking only on the the things that I can speak for as a white person in Shakespeare you know
0: yeah yeah I agree it's I mean so stupid that's part of why I felt the need to do this for this season is I'm so yeah. happy you are um so yeah with you I know uh, you have some thoughts about oh, some of our uh, our ladies who dress up like men.
1: Mm, all of them. I love all of them, except for Portia. Um, mm. Don't need to elaborate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, no, I fucking love them. They're what drew me to Shakespeare. They're amazing. And They're
0: the best. <laughs>
1: the humor of them is amazing. Um, you know, the meta, you know, guy dressed as girl, dressed as guy, haha, funny that's funny and so like it, 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 it but just the the motives they all have for doing it and thinking back to how this is performed in context is amazing and especially like how dynamic some of them are
0: yeah when you were emailing me about what you wanted to talk about I got really excited because you were like Imogen does it for necessity but Viola and Rosalind like do, do it more for comedy and I was like There they go. All the walls. They're coming up for me. I love Rosalind. I love Viola. What are you I love both of them so much. But you're so right that like they all three start from this place of having to do it from necessity but two of them kind of branch off and have it It, become a device for comedy. Well, yeah, well also from just technically speaking, both of them choose their own disguises. Hmm. Imogen does not. That is so true. I've never thought about that.
1: Yeah, that's the basic level, but they, but like, you know, it is played up for comedy with both of them as it should be. And he tries to do it for Imogen a little bit, but I think even he knows it's just like, she as a character goes about the whole dressing as a guy thing. So dynamically, I love Imogen so much. She's amazing. She's just so genuine in her reasoning. She like actually takes smart precautions, at least in what she like a 16 year old, princess thinks is a smart decision and she's and she's great and she just she 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 tries her best to cope in an unlivable situation
0: and i love that so much about her it's so true i had like never really thought about the fact that like the other two are trying to court somebody in in their context even though they're not not themselves whatever that means um and so is portia even she's doing it for a guy like she fine. I'll bring her
1: up she in is. one circumstance.
0: She is the worst though. Oh. Fucking
1: play. Don't. Yeah. We'll no. talk about it one day, but I'll need to be screened out for
0: that. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's I have feelings about that play as well. <laughs> uh uh-huh. I'm pretty sure we're getting into that on my our our next episode. So we'll uh that that conversation will be had this season. <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yeah yeah but so interesting as we talk about that like what are your thoughts on like representation with those characters like who should if there is a should be playing them i
1: wholeheartedly believe that Viola and Rosalind are wholeheartedly non-binary characters not like Viola in particular only like becomes a woman at the end out of because she she can it's not like a she doesn't choose it neither of them really have Rosalind I feel like hers is is, is in much more of like a intentional joke kind of way the way she, view, she views womanhood as like I'm a I'm a respectful respectable lady haha if that makes any sense yeah. Um, yeah. But she she's you see her confidence as Ganymede when she's finally given an outlet to, you know, not live under the restraints. And in a lot of ways, comedic as their experiences are, they are very inherent to a non-binary story. However, I and like that that applies to both uh AMAB non-binary people and AFAB non-binary people. It's it's just such a story of like gender euphoria. And I feel like that can that, that's can be said about how those rules were, were originally portrayed too. Like the, the young actors who played Shakespeare's females and had to dig into that like that and then dressing up as, like, there's so much gender fuckery going on. And I feel like if you interpret these characters just for the upfront comedy of girl dress as guy, you are missing out on a such more, <laughs> such more amazing as a such more intricate <laughs> much a much more (laughs) intricate and you know meaningful story and you know and like so go you're it's not a bad thing to cast a woman. Um you know obviously they're amazingly talented women. Um but I, I do feel like getting into that gender aspect, especially with an actor who knows it, can be really, really great and can bring and can bring more meaning into those very strange decisions
0: i really love that i i took a class earlier this year that was just like a deep dive on twelfth night and one of my classmates kai hi kai um was uh, was is trans um and having his perspective in that class was so valuable because like he was looking at the i am the man speech. And was like, this is just really sad to me. Like it, this whole speech, as a whole, is so gendery, growth Like it's it
1: it speaks, and in a lot of queer people, it's it trans people, it's their favorite play. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, because of the the every every main major character in it suffers from some extent due to gender, hmm. and then we have Antonio, the most outwardly gay aside from like Cassio and Othello character in Shakespeare atop all of that it's just it's just a it's just a queer mess and I it makes me very very sad when it is told for straight people I'm talking like the she's the manification of it like no offense to the man
0: you were great in Hairspray 2006 Um, (laughs) yeah yeah no I I think you're right on the money with that. I I made a TikTok while I was taking that class that was asking the question like, is is twelfth night a, a problem play? We don't usually like regard it as such, but like, what do people think? And yeah, the the response was largely like high school queer kids who were like, I love this. You love Twelfth so Night. So much.
1: Viola, Viola was the first Shakespeare role that I wanted to play. And that was before I was out as, before I was, you know, out. And you know, like, and, and for a long time, I thought that she was like the only Shakespeare. Like I was like, li- before I was out as non-binary, I was out as, oh, I'm like the type of person who gets cast as the princess who dresses as a guy. Like that was my, that was how I just defined myself for a while. Um, I don't feel like the world could benefit from any more surface level Twelfth Night takes. If it is going to be produced, if if it's going to be produced, it needs to be produced by queer people and about queer people in a like, in a queer joy, beautiful light. And I say this as someone who has seen some not too hot queer productions of Twelfth Night, but you know, the point is they weren't great, but they were all original. I'll tell you that.
0: They were something I hadn't seen before. And you know, you have to experiment with like what doesn't work to learn what does
1: yeah yeah so. and, and it's just it, I, i've just seen it used in so many ways like when well, i've seen it done properly and it, it, it it's it's beautiful and it's great it should but it's just it's so boring if you watch it like as is.
0: i agree Are the... we really just gonna do twelfth night as written the first couple times I saw it I did not get what the hype was about for that reason I was like this is a it's snoozer it's a,
1: it's a snoozer literally nothing happens in it um it's boring as hell um and it's 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 very melodramatic you know yeah like, shipwreck make it make it make it camp.
0: no yeah I mean That's really." if it's, if it's like this straight typical version, I spend that play waiting for Mariah and Toby and Andrew to come on. (laughs) So yeah, I I agree.
1: Yeah. And Rosalind, I feel similarly too. just, you know, although I I do, I do support any any production that casts a trans femme as Rosalind's trans femme people, any sort of non-binary people, just because it's about Sorry, not trans femme. Well, yes, trans femme. Sorry. Orlando, however, trans mask. That's a trans man, um, canonically.
0: Um, but. I love that.
1: He literally has this whole thing about proving himself. I am as worthwhile of a son as you.
0: Hmm. That
1: he is a trans man.
0: Oh, that's so good.
1: He's always been a trans man. Like, it's, come on. It's and so especially good. the contrast of both of them as queer people. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for a good tea for tea, um, trans for trans. But but I, Rosal- Rosalind and I feel similarly. Like I, I feel like it's less about identity and more as queer queer a queer person with a, with a, with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a distinct look and a distinct confidence because Rosalind is that show. I love that. I think just a like any little melodramatic trans guy. Hi, me um,
0: as <laughs> as Orlando. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that, like, Orsino seemingly has some, like, weird queer feelings toward Viola, but those are, like, I'm figuring them out feelings. Orlando is full-on attracted. Like, knows he's attracted maybe doesn't know what he's attracted to at that moment but like knows he's attracted just a clueless little guy I
1: I, I wholeheartedly believe that like you know as a trans mass person who spent part of my life as a as a girl you know uh, there there will always be parts of me that are connected to that and I'm not saying that men aren't sensitive and men aren't you know by that forward in love but Orlando just handles that ordeal with like his, his his initial like in love bit with Rosalind like so it's it's so Shakespearean heroine of him like that I'm immediately gonna go into the woods and plaster songs about her everywhere like you absolutely
0: were not always a guy huh huh I I really love that I love that you brought that up um I I feel like I see a lot of cis women in particular talk about not understanding why rosalind likes him for that exact reason they're like he's he's a golden retriever she's so smart not a golden and retriever. like i'm like
1: just, like sensitive he's just a really sensitive introspective person who is not used to having big feelings like this and whenever he's had them he's had to repress them especially in his now ploy to make himself be viewed as, like, I am an adequate man. Adequate men don't act like this. Like, big men aren't emotional, are strong, you know, and I feel like he just, it connects with me so much as a a trans person, and it makes me really sad that um, even people who do tend to recognize that part of his story do not cast Orlando appropriately.
0: I, like, need to, I need to see that now, because, yeah, like, I feel like I've seen. Any of your listeners are casting a production of Twelfth Night. (laughs)
1: Any of the above, I'll play any of the trans ones. Orsino can be trans too. Um, Hell yeah! My my take, however, Imogen, Lady. Okay. I want to play her. I have played her. I want to play her again. I love her, but I feel like Imogen does not have the queer storyline that Viola and Rosalind do. They are very, very different stories.
0: I see that, I see that for sure.
1: Imogen like, doesn't want this. She never does. Again, Viola and Rosalind both choose to dress as a man. Imogen never does in a second as soon as she, it, it, is, it is always a method of escape for her. It is never, she, she, it, she never gains any, any more confidence dressed as a man. Actually, she has a lot less. She's a lot more complicit and pliant. In the latter half of the play, when she's dressed as a guy, like kind of being used for like pushing being pushed around for plot purposes. Whereas in the in the first half, she's like fighting with Clawton and fighting with Yakimo and being an amazing person. I love Imogen so much. Um, but for her, like it's it's obvious in her in the text. Also, she barely she doesn't talk in act five. That's the joke. Um, is that she doesn't speak at all. I feel like a part of it is because of she just doesn't feel she doesn't find confidence trust that way she doesn't and i and i do feel like there can be a little bit of like i mean especially if i were to play imogen i, I would def, i mean and i and i do definitely interpret it in like she likely has some feelings going back to posthumous and fulfilling that dutiful wife role after she's experienced time as a man but i don't feel like that experience would make her want to be a man i feel like it would just make her not want to be a more traditional woman if that makes sense yeah yeah she just doesn't have the same experience that they do like even she who must not be named can go into a courtroom and slay the house boots down because she's dressed as a man all of a sudden
0: Imogen Mm -hmm. never gets that it literally is a means to an end that's so so interesting I like now. I want to see this in rep with either As You Like It or I would want to see this in rep with
1: As You Like It. Yeah, yeah. With with but with with both a trans Rosalind and a trans Orlando, primarily oh. a trans Orlando. Please I God, I think it would be why, so cool. Why is every Orlando not trans?
0: <laughs> Just like put so them in. in the text. Hmm. Mm, mm. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, now I want to get you started. <laughs> I don't care what's in the text. I, just, I really I don't. don't. What's he <laughs> no. is dead. We don't even this these probably aren't half the shit he initially wrote. No, I've I've at least said it twice on this season, but I'll say it again. There are people alive writing plays right now that we could pay money to for writing those plays. And instead we do free domain Shakespeare. So if we're gonna it be it cheap, stupid, make it worth it. It's gotta be worth it. Like, like that time I pro- I directed a production
1: of Romeo and Juliet, and the first up until Mercutio's death, I cut the script to like be a full on comedy. It was just a full on comedy. All the dick jokes. Like I cut half of like all of Romeo's complaining, aside from the part where he could like roll around on the ground and be dramatic, and like I just I just kept the dick jokes and cut everything else. It was so fun. It was hilarious. Yeah, and people. Well,
0: pay attention and then be gut punched at the end
1: yeah exactly well no it, it it got sad but for example the tibble and mercutio fight scene took place in a public pool where they fought each other with floaties
0: <laughs> i love it
1: the yes. the opening scene with the uh with the capulets and montague dudes with bite my thumb was um two like new york construction guys slinging their little lunch bags paper lunch bags each other. <laughs> it's why are we doing anything like like what well, if you're, you're you're doing this free domain shakespeare you're not confined to anything
0: why truly.
1: and it already has this reputation that you have given it about being stupid and lame so like uh, spice it up spice it up please it's yeah. your word your word is like shakespeare's usually boring no one's gonna want to sit through it you're doing it make me want to sit through it truly yeah i do not gonna... want to sit through uncut hamlet i will say it I don't oh. want to sit there one cut Hamlet. Never, I, ever. <laughs> I, I, I love the poetry in Hamlet. I love the character of Hamlet, and we're not going to discuss him because that's a thing. But like, what normal audience member wants to sit like no, a normal theater patron looking to get interested, getting get, looking to get invested in this play? Like, if we want people to get a attra- get attached to Shakespeare to continue it, you know, progressing. We are doing a horrible job teaching kids from the get-go that you will hate Shakespeare. And then when when, when it is produced, it's like for these upper elite people who wanna watch the same guy talk about nothing for a whole play. I will happily sit and listen to a guy talk about nothing um, if it's a nice little BBC audio recording that I can follow along at my own pace. But like that, this isn't how we get people into Shakespeare. It is how we turn people against it.
0: I'm, like, thrilled that the the globe has I think I Joan might be closed or closing soon, but they they just did, like, a a new play called I Joan, which reimagined Joan from the Henry or from Henry Six One as mm-hmm. a non-binary person. And I think most of the rest of the cast was also, non-binary okay globe doing something good yeah right it's really cool there's been a lot of backlash but they've still been full and it's because for all the backlash they've received from like whatever the old white patrons that have come for however many years they've come they've got all these like new young queer audiences who are filling those spots yeah like it's it's that easy am I am I a fan of the new jukebox
1: musical and Juliet I don't know I haven't seen it but I know she sings Katy Perry's roar at some point so I I can inherently say I probably will not love it yeah but I am so fucking happy they made Romeo and Juliet a jukebox musical uh-huh it, it's 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 exposing the story and the characters to people
0: yep and the kids are excited about it
1: excited about it I don't I don't care yep just just make it make it interesting I don't care if I like it or not make it interesting
0: yep truly I think it's so important like part of the reason I wanted to talk with you was because I know I'm older than you not significantly but I am older than you and I think it's really important and something that doesn't get valued enough in the Shakespeare industry to talk to people younger than you about like what what is important what do I need to learn what have I been missing these plays
1: aren't exclusive yet the people who dominate the conversations about about them act like they are like they aren't public domain plays that everyone has access to with centuries of research and publicly available performances available, this conversation is not reserved for the people who have said that it's their conversation. It is such an intersectional conversation and it's such bullshit that younger people and people with reputations have been excluded from it. Yeah, yeah. I have no intention to sit with an an old white man and talk about Hamlet, that's (laughs) like, and, and get it and convince him that my, that my opinion is valid.
0: I have, I've tried you know, like, way too many times, it doesn't work.
1: No, no, exactly. <laughs> like, what I really, really appreciate is that, you know, there, there, there are young people trying to take Shakespeare into their own hands. There are few of us, but unfortunately we've had to do it in ways that like aren't aligned with the globe, are not even trying to budge with the larger theaters because there's no point. The the, the the more elite Shakespeare community has shut out pretty much all attempts at progress and it makes me really sad because yeah. you know it, it used to be my dream to like direct for the globe or to you know work for them at some point
0: and now I'm like y'all don't deserve me <laughs> honestly I think uh tiny rant that's off subject but do it do it do it do it do it I think the theater industry would be very much benefited by decentralizing from places like London and New York City and and thriving yeah, in places me. like Draper, oh, Utah. Yeah. That's why.
1: That's literally why I'm not moving to New York as a theater educator. It's because uh, New York's great. It's full of people like me, but that's literally it. It is full of people like me. Yep. They do not
0: need me there. Yep, yep. They do Bye. not. They have plenty of other weirdos. Yep. You know, my uh, boyfriend and I are moving to Colorado in a couple of weeks for that's that awesome. exact reason. Yeah. Yeah. Very Where exciting. are you now? Uh,
1: I'm in D.C. right
0: now. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's still art scene wise. That's like,
0: that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bo- Boston. Boston isn't huge. Yeah. I think... Uh, we're probably similarly sized in terms of theater scenes, like absolutely. It, it feels like a big theater scene, but everybody knows each other. he yeah. as as was just in their first professional play
1: in Boston, where everyone knows everyone. yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, but yeah, I like, and that's what sucks about. like why why is why are the Shakespeare elites cooping themselves up in Stratford? We know what's in Stratford. <laughs> He wrote the plays in Stratford. Go somewhere else and see how those plays have been interpreted. We don't need to be reading up history and seeing how shit has always been done. We, no. I, do, I don't need to learn more about Billy. I don't. Amen. I honestly like, for the sake of me, a Jew with him tattooed on their body, I, I don't want to know more about him because I don't think I'm gonna want to know what I want. What he's, what he would say. So, you know, like, yeah like we don't need to worry about that why are why are we and, and and I'm and I'm also sick of like doing those those Shakespeare productions that um exist solely to showcase one actor
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: like I love Surrey and McKellen I think he's amazing I think they're um. all amazing. but let's I, I want these Shakespeare 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 plays founded in community, they are rooted in community, in diversity, performed for the groundlings on the bottom to the fucking queen herself in the same theater. They were pop culture. Imagine like in, in 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 a hundred years from now, they're doing a like dramatic adaptation of Twilight, where it's like the only people who get to like talk about Twilight are like old, very like grimy, rich white guys. And they're like casting themselves to just do readings, dramatic readings of Twilight. And it's just a bare minimal set. Just one of
0: them being like, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. (laughs) That's
1: literally what what we're fucking doing with Shakespeare.
0: I really hope deep in my heart that Shakespeare was the Twilight of their time. That's how
1: I (laughs) I that's how I introduce to my middle school students. That's why I'm working in middle schools, because I can corrupt to their brains right as they're about to be introduced to Shakespeare. Be like, whoa, whoa, hold up, Slugger. It's not that bad. That's what they need. I wholeheartedly hope that an executive of the Globe Theater watches
0: this, listens to this <laughs> podcast. I hope so, too. So uh, to, uh, <laughs> to wrap things up a little, uh, beyond the plays that we've already talked about, do you have any, like, plays or characters that you would like to see uh, portrayed with the influence of non-binary trans communities?
1: oh ho, ho. i mean puck and ariel they're fairies portray them as fairies um hey. that's, that's the, that's the biggest <laughs> i feel like any production of midsummer that's that makes lysander a woman makes makes lysander a man is in the same boat as twelfth night like just why one of my favorite ways to interpret midsummer that i unfortunately haven't had a chance to direct yet but i really want to was like looking at it as athens as a religion as like a metaphor for religion huh a lot of things i'm not gonna do that but like lysander's a woman come on um see that uh helena should be I, I don't i don't care i don't all the all, every character in midsummer's gay so like they can all be whatever but lysander in particular hermia and lysander have to be a queer couple i don't care if they're mlm just make it gay um I also am a big 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 fan although it's extremely overdone of swapping um to and oberon's lines
0: okay yeah no, i've I done that. it
1: but every production is currently doing it thinking that they're being really unique with it you're
0: not um <laughs> i just saw a production that did it
1: <laughs> I, I did a, i staged a production of that in 2020 it's, it's old news what else uh hamlet give me give me some more trans hamlets hamlet is can be it's Hamlet could be an allegory for anything, but he's especially an allegory for gender. And uh, again, it's similar to Orlando's like, plight to conform to masculinity, cast, a mm-hmm. trans guy, mm-hmm. trans guy, non-binary person. Um, I think would be really, really sick, especially like I mean, I don't know, I don't know, like a person of color. Any, 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 anybody who does not conform and is struggling to conform to some extent. Yeah. Um uh, I mean, I I like power couple. Girl bosses, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, but Oh yes. I just, I just want Lady Mac- Lady Macbeth is is such a non-binary character, literally begging Satan to cut her boobs off.
0: Oh um, I love that. I've
1: never related to a state to a statement more. Um so yeah, Lady Mac is, I don't know if she's a she's just a character like that I would cast as not as a non- non-binary person, like by default, but I mean she's non-binary. Yeah, I play Lady M. I fucking love playing Lady M. Any of the default
0: golden retriever love interests, why are they dudes? It like literally makes so much. I'm so glad that you said that to me because it makes so much sense. Love at first sight
1: makes so much more sense when you're gay. You know, have you you heard of the term U Hauling?
0: I have not.
1: So, U Hauling is (laughs) a a coin turned by, by the sapphic community because. Sapphic people have a tendency to move in with each other
0: uh, really okay. fast.
1: It's just, it's just like queer relationships. We just, we just go on speed mode, and I love it. But it makes so much more sense. Like if we're we're, we're complaining about love these love at first sight situations, make them gay. They don't make them make sense. <laughs> everyone, in the from the audience will get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, seen... Romeo
1: and Juliet want to die for each other within five days. No. no. <laughs> that's not a love story we're not even gonna get into that um i'm trying to think of like fucking all of them should be trans just give give trans actors a shot even when it's not like an explicitly trans coded character you know we can i can play roles that i don't identify with gender wise shakespeare's original actors did it yeah why not yeah why are why are i don't even know if gender in a lot of cases should even be considered shakespeare like it's such a genderless art it was founded in gender, like two dudes kissed each other in front of the queen that was that's what that's that's what that's how Romeo and Juliet had to happen
0: you know like like literally doing illegal things
1: always been gay yeah it's always been genderless it's always like it's always kind of evolved beyond what we what we've given it credit for in terms of like representation in some circumstances um and and, if, and anybody who is trying to make it traditionalist is missing the whole fucking point that can be that can be described both in gender expression on stage and just making shows boring and traditional like your Shakespeare was never meant it was never traditional it was two dudes making out in front of queen elizabeth the <laughs> while people like were slapping the it why yeah it's 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 gay it's gay joy in a lot of circumstances. And I and we're, we're, we're really missing the joy part. Oh. All of the gay parts and all of the gay part is just performative and is gross. Hmm.
0: We need more joy.
1: We need more queer joy and more joy. More yeah. dick. Start doing productions <laughs> of Shakespeare that cut everything except for the dick jokes. The kids will love it. The kids will love it <laughs> because they, they don't even know that Shakespeare has dick jokes. And they, they think, and they think. Therefore, art thou Romeo? Thinks that means. Where are you, <laughs> Romeo? They think that thee, thy, and thou are formal. I know. The, they're they're not getting the fun part because we set it up so they never see the fun part. And Shakespeare is going to die. I I agree. That's who has been dead. And and if we if we keep going on this road, excluding our progressively diversifying theater scene we are going to make it die for good. Yep. Yep. I don't care who wrote the plays. I don't care who they were written for, but they, as they are now, are public domain and should be for everyone to do yep. and everyone to enjoy.
0: Why we do this podcast. You know. Why you
1: do <laughs> this podcast and, do, and study Shakespeare every day. <laughs> Your discipline is astounding.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it I'm I probably have a workaholic problem it's okay and it's it's why we're here yes the, yes, good, yes the bad the ugly and the gay and the gay I think that is an excellent place to wrap up I would agree well thank you so much for doing this I'm so glad it was an opportunity for us to finally meet yes adore your work. I think it's I adore amazing. you. <laughs> Thank you. I adore you as well alright All right, y'all. That's it for today. Thank you, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Will and Bulls with the Bard at the handles either on your screen or in the description, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps so much. And tune in next week as Bella Harris teaches us how the Shakespeare industry might do better by Jewish people. Until then, bye y'all. A thousand thousand sighs to save, oh, lay me where sad true lover, never find my grave to weep there.